Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. Uh, just a couple quick notes before we get into uh, the discussion. Uh, it's going to be a Cavaliers podcast today. But uh, first off, we just wanted to say that uh, we sorry, we're sorry that we've been gone for a little bit. We will we are back. Uh, we have this show tonight, and then in the next day or two, we're going to have an NFL draft preview. The first round of the NFL draft is on Thursday, so don't, make sure to mark that in your calendars. Uh, Cleveland Browns, especially. Uh, have picks one and four on Thursday night. We're going to be doing some type of reaction to that, whether it's right after the picks or that night when we do an entire recap of the NFL first round. But uh, just stay tuned. Also, go ahead and check out the Tree City Records podcast. I made a guest appearance on there. Uh, I was there with uh, our friend Kid, Intellect, and then our friend Olam. Check out their work on the Tree City Records website. And also, don't forget to... Subscribe to all of our Twitter handles. I am at GT Moen. Andrew is at A Baker Sports. So uh, just make sure you hit those subscribe buttons, give us a listen, and uh, let's get into the show. Andrew, we've had a uh, we've been watching these playoffs now unfold. We did a we did a preview, and uh, I just want to start off by saying I was horribly wrong about the Pelicans. I'm sorry, Pelicans. I picked Portland to win in five games because I believed in Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Well, Drew Holiday decided that uh, he was going to just rub it in my face. But, uh, Andrew, why don't you tell them more about it since you were smart enough to pick them? Playoff Rondo. That is all. I just don't get we're it. Gonna, we're going to get more into all these other series later in the show. I'll say one thing very briefly about that series ESPN has 18 analysts. They all picked the Blazers. So it wasn't just me. I picked the Pelicans. Just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I'm proud of myself. I didn't think it would be in four games. But anyways, the main topic of conversation today is, of course, the Cavs. And it's kind of hard to podcast about the Cavs right now because, honestly, I have no idea what to expect. Um... I, they're just a weird team. They're 2-2, which I, I don't even know if they deserve to be 2-2, but here we are. You could argue they could be down 3-1, but you could also argue they could be up 3-1. The, sum, the summary of the series so far is LeBron is playing 43 minutes a game. He's putting up 32-12-8, and eight, and yet he also seems like he barely cares half the time. He doesn't play defense. He's not really leading. He's kind of just out there doing his thing being great but also looking like he doesn't want to be there I don't understand I don't really know what's going on with that I don't know if he's just so exhausted or what um you've got Kevin Love who has yet to show up you've got defensively he hasn't been bad but offensively yeah you've got nobody else doing anything for the Cavs the Cavs second leading scorer is Love at 12 points a game and he's doing so shooting 36 percent from the field um I'd say it took a big effort from Kyle Korver in the la- in Game Four for us to really seal that win. With all those fourth quarter three pointers. Kyle Korver, Kyle Korver, and J.R. Smith won the Cavs a playoff game. LeBron didn't really have much of a second half in Game Four. J.R. Smith locked down Victor Oladipo, who's going to be probably second team All NBA. The Cavs. Okay, this is this is this is. It makes no sense. So all season and for the past several seasons, the Cavs have been one of the best offensive teams in the league. And but a horrible defensive. And well, a mediocre defensive team, culminating this year in being 
the second worst defensive team in the league behind only the Kings, which once again, basketball hell. And the Cavs are 2-2 with the Pacers on the backs of the best defense efficiency-wise in the NBA playoffs so far and the worst offense efficiency-wise in the NBA playoffs so far. Nothing makes sense. I honestly don't know really what to make of any of this because it just makes so little sense that I think it's impossible to predict what's going to happen next game, next series, next quarter, next play. I have no idea. I mean, I think the most obvious answer is right in front of us. Uh, This team has not had very much time together at all, if really any. Because when we made all these additions, Kevin Love was out. And then Kevin Love came back. Rodney Hood got hurt. George Hill got hurt. George Hill is hurt again. We don't know his status yet for Game 5. He was out for Game 4. And Clarkson... And not Clarkson. And Calderon did do a serviceable job, but at the same time, he's 36 years old. You don't want to lean on him too heavily. Um, I just don't get what's happening. It seems like I'm watching the offense, and like uh, they'll think that one player is going to be there, and they'll just throw it out of bounds. It's just it is so infuriating to watch because you'll see the movement, some of it early in the game, and then later in the game when the Cavs have built that lead, especially the last two games, the Cavs have built double-digit leads going into the second quarter, or into the second half. They just give it up, and then they start running the, all right, LeBron, just dribble the ball, and everyone else get out of the way. It's just, it's so infuriating to watch, and I don't understand why they decide to do this in the second half every game, because the last two games we were up double digits going into the second half and blew both leads. Yeah, well, LeBron isos are way up, even from their standard high amount in the regular season. I think you're right. This shows an obvious lack of cohesion, considering game one of this series was the first game since the trade deadline that the Cavs have had every player in the rotation healthy. And now, of course, George Hill is hurt. He missed game four. Um, Yeah, there's just no cohesion. There's no system. There's no familiarity. There's nothing to fall back on when the game gets tight. They just have to basically hope LeBron can score or someone else pulls off a miracle because the offense has zero flow. They're playing so slow that Indiana's basically able to just sit back and wait for whatever happens. It's not like the Cavs are surprising anybody with any play ever. And they have a good defense, too, Indiana does. The pa- Yeah, and again, like They've been it's, not, it's not to take away from the Pacers because you got to give the Pacers a lot of credit. The Pacers are a... The Pacers are one of those teams where their ceiling isn't that high. If the Cavs are going to play at their best or anywhere near it, they're going to beat the Pacers. But the Pacers are a team that plays well together, has enough playmaking, not a lot, but enough. They rebound well, they defend reasonably well, and they play really, really hard and really consistently. So... You know, if the Cavs don't play well, or if they have a quarter where they basically just decide they're not going to do anything like LeBron does sometimes, like the third quarter of every game in this series, the Pacers are going to take advantage. The Pacers are a consistent team. They're not a great team, but they're a team that, if you're not playing well, they will take advantage of it. And that's what we've seen just on and off in this series. The Cavs will get a lead in the first half, then they'll come out in the third quarter, and LeBron doesn't feel like scoring, or there's no offensive rhythm. Yeah, and the Pacers take advantage of it. Um... You know, this has not been a good series for Ty Lue. No, I think he... All these different rotation adjustments that he's tried to do... I mean, I love... I've been the biggest Jeff Green fan that you can imagine. 
Jeff Green needs to not play as much as he's been playing. He's not hitting any of his shots. People literally will just leave him alone and rotate off of him. He'll take wide open threes and miss them. He's a good defender, but I think at this point, Corver needs to be in there over Jeff Green, and they need to go a smaller lineup because Corver is not the best defender, but he at least tries hard. He gets those hustle plays. He had one of those in the last few games where he was diving on the floor, getting loose balls. He does the right things. He's a good team defender, not a great individual guy. He spaces the floor for LeBron, which, as we all know, and Andrew said many times, four shooters and LeBron on the court is the best offense the Cavs can throw out there, which means putting love at the five and doing everything else that way. But Jeff Green, I just, we need to, we need some more offense, which you wouldn't think you would say at the beginning of the series. But our defense has been playing well, and a big part of that is because of our new additions, but also they're not giving us much on the offensive end. And I think part of that is a lot of them, I think, are afraid to take shots. But when you're playing for LeBron, he wants you to take those shots. When he passes you the ball, he doesn't expect you to just give it back to him right away. I think that's what makes him frustrated about this series. No one seems to be willing to take the initiative of, okay, LeBron, you need some help. I got your back. It seems like they all are afraid to shoot. It seemed like game four, they kind of broke out of that a little bit. Jordan Clarkson had 12 points in the second quarter. Um, Hood even started to be more aggressive. Yeah, so in my opinion, uh, the Jeff Green thing is is very true. I think Jeff Green's a versatile player, and he's a really solid bench piece this season. But this series is not a great matchup for him because his best, uh, you know, he is at his best when he's a playmaking four off the bench, playing against a smaller player. And the Pacers are pretty much playing two bigs at all times. And so he's not able to... The Cavs, in general, are doing nothing on post-ups this entire series. No, their defense has been getting... The Pacers' post-defense has been suffocating them. Miles Turner's been doing a great job of being an anchor. Thaddeus Young's been doing a great job. Good luck moving Demata Sabonis off of anything. And Sabonis has He's been tank. fantastic. He yeah. had, what, what do you have, 19 points last game? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Sabonis in general. Um... Yeah, so if you're looking at Jeff Green, he's shooting 29% from the field and 22% on threes this series. Um, so you're playing four on five when he's on offense. I think that this is highlighting what a lot of us is, have suspected or known, and that is that Ty Lue is not a good coach when it comes to X's and O's or rotations. I, I understand that they haven't played healthy all year. I understand that people have been in and out of the lineup, but he has gotten almost zero, zero feel, Ty Lue, for who should play with who, who should play when, what type of offense should be run with certain players on the floor. Everyone has known for years LeBron and four shooters works, but LeBron and a pick-and-roll dive man and three shooters also works. That would be Larry Nance or Tristan Thompson, who has pretty much been mothballed in this series. But... It just seems like Ty Lue, like he's been playing lineups with Jeff Green at the four, Kevin Love at the five, and LeBron at the three. Now, I understand they don't have a lot of options because a lot of guys aren't playing well, but everyone knows that unit's not going to work well, and yet here it is. Um, the Cavs won game four because of J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver. In that, that half that three quarters court shot by J.R. Smith was amazing. I love J.R. I've always loved J.R. 
And the fact that he's redeeming his himself by sh- being basically one of the only guys that sh- has shown up in this playoffs. He's going back to being what he was in 2016 for the Cavs in the playoffs when he was that lockdown defender yep. and able to hit three-pointers. Victor Oladipo yeah. has gotten worse every single game in this series. JR is shooting 39% in this series from the field, which isn't great, but it's almost all threes, and he's shooting 35% on threes, which is pretty serviceable. You're looking at the Cavs, and Kevin Love is, is shooting 36%. Um, Kyle Korver shooting 35%, Jeff Green 29%, Rodney Hood is shooting 48%, but he's not taking a whole lot of shots, Clarkson 39%, Calderon 36%. It's just ugly. I think that the Cavs are probably going to win this series, but like I said, I would not be surprised at all if they lost Game 5 at home or whatever. I, I, nothing surprises me. Nothing. Well, obviously, it wouldn't surprise you if you go 7. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cavs lose in 6. Or yeah. if they win in six, nothing would surprise me. I will say this. I think if I was Ty Lu, which everyone seems to love to say because I just don't think he's a very good tactical coach, um, I w- these are the changes I would make. I would play Jeff Green only as a four, ever. Please, God, only as a four. Never, ever as a three. I would cut LeBron's minutes back to 41 to 42. I think that LeBron has basically decided... Well, I'll play the whole game, but I'm not going to do it with any effort. I'd rather have 42 minutes of incredible LeBron than 46 minutes of LeBron who barely cares. I mean, let's take him into effect, too. He's probably exhausted. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. He's the only person that's initiating the offense like 80% of the time he's in the court. I totally understand. And he has to be on the floor for them for in this series to be effective. Every time he's gone off the floor, it seems like we don't have any cohesion. I really hope George Hill can come back because I think if George Hill can give the Cavs anything offensively, it's going to be really helpful because he's a good shooter and he's a really good defender. Um, Which would be good for Collison because Collison's been doing a good job this series for the yeah. Pacers. I, yeah, I think my, my adjustments would be, I don't know what you do about Kevin Love. He's, clearly his thumb is bothering him, but there's also been several times, like Kevin Love, his thought he got foul called, or got gotten fouled and not gotten a call, and then just stood for like 10 seconds talking to the ref. That was a LeBron thing. Like Dwayne Wade style. And it just, LeBron has looked like he has an utter disdain for Kevin Love this entire series. I don't know what you do about that. You know, obviously posting him up is not the answer. It's not been effective at all. The Cavs have to go away from that. I mean, the thing is, the Cavs have to try and manufacture points other than LeBron just scoring one-on-one. So the post-ups have been a primary function of their offense this year, but it's not a good matchup for those things. Um, the Pacers are too good of an interior team for that to be a super effective. I, I agree. I would strongly consider starting Thompson, which I know sounds crazy, but I think if you run LeBron Thompson pick and rolls all day, I think that could be effective. And I think running, for example, if George Hill plays again, running a George Hill Thompson pick and roll could be a way to force George Hill to be a little more aggressive and maybe run a little bit better of an offense. Thompson's defense shows up. I'm all for that. Yeah, and I, I you know. That's the big thing. Is does his defense um, and his offensive rebounding show up? Because that could help the Cavs mitigate some of these slow-moving offenses, whereas that if you get that offensive rebound, it's usually going to be a pretty quick pass or a quick play rather than setting up for another half court, which is where the Cavs have struggled. Every time the Cavs have pushed the ball this series – They've been effective because the Pacers' defense, while good, is not able to keep up with the pace of the Cavs when they are moving at their at the speed they want to move at. But once they get into the half court, like they have a lot, that Pacers' defense is suffocating. 
Yeah, this series has basically gone back to the late 2000s, like 2007, 2008, 2009, with the way it's been played at the pace. So why not just run high pick and roll all day? That's what worked 10 years ago. That's what you're doing now. I mean, the Cavs don't have that many plays. They run, like, yeah. picks, no, and then LeBron throws it to a guy in the corner, and he shoots three. It's been an ugly series. I think that Jose Calderon, the best player in NBA history, despite the fact that he is the best player in NBA history, I think that he should only be playing when LeBron's on the bench to run to basically get the Cavs in their offense. Otherwise, he's proven to be very ineffective this series. He's not able to keep up with the guards for the Pacers on defense, and he's not doing really anything on offense. So I think Calderon should pretty much be on the bench aside from those six to seven minutes a game where LeBron's sitting. I think that Rodney Hood, in my opinion, should pretty much be out of the rotation. He's just doing nothing. The question is, who do you give those minutes to? I think you got to give LeBron 40 minutes a game. I think you got to keep playing Love. I don't know what other option you have. Because you can play JR like 38 minutes a game. I think you're playing JR mid-30s. I think you're playing Corver around 30. I think George Hill's got to be around 30. I think you got to start to cut down a little bit. And I think I, Nance's minutes need to be in the mid-20s. Yeah, it's just... His defense has been very it's good. T- the, the, the Cavs have Nance, they have Thompson, and they have Jeff Green who ideally are all the only non-shooter playing at a time. But, you know, the Cavs, if they're going to rebound well, are going to have to play two of those guys at some point. And well, Nance can shoot. Every, everyone hates when the Cavs play Jeff Green with Thompson or Nance, and so do I, because the offense gets gummed up, and it's not very pretty. But, you know, with the Cavs having so many players just not playing well at all, you're going to have to sacrifice something and just hope to get some toughness or something because I don't, at this point I'm almost just giving up on having a cohesive offense for this series and just trying to mess just this. Just get through the series. Yeah. I don't know what to do. It's not, it's not pretty. I mean, I'll tell you this. I don't really know what to do. I don't think Ty Lue does either. Um, I mean, look at our team. We're three point And also three pointers are a big part of our offense. We're shooting 32% as a team on threes. Not great. And the only people that are shooting above, like, 35% are, like, Kyle Korver and JR. Yeah, not great. Um, so, when a big proponent of your offense, if they're not hitting their shots, that's what they keep saying. Their excuse is, well, we're just not hitting our shots. Okay, well, you're going to have to do that eventually. Because right now, you're very, very cl- close to getting eliminated. You're in a very dangerous spot. Indiana has nothing to lose. The Cavs have everything to lose. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I guess. This series has been oddly entertaining, despite the fact the the, the product of the court has I mean, been the horrible. games have been great in terms of, like, the... They've been close. They've been really close. <laughs> the, the You could definitely tell the teams are very... They're trying. Known with, well, they're very familiar with each other, too. You can definitely see that. They've played each other now eight times this year. So, it's going to be great last two or three games, however long it takes. But Cavs need to figure something out. Yeah, either way, we're going to see what happens. Nothing would surprise me. The rest of the Eastern Conference has been, I don't know, it's been interesting, I suppose. I've enjoyed watching the East Conference yeah. more than the West. Yeah, um, the the one seed, eight seed matchup, which the, the Cavs-Pacers series winner will play in the next round, is Toronto-Washington. Toronto won the first two games at home. Washington's won the next two at home. So I don't really know what to make of that. This point. is pretty much what we said before the series. We think Toronto's going to win because we don't think Washington's consistent enough to show up every night. I've been, you know, I don't want to say impressed with Washington because they've always had this talent and it's been years of, is Washington going to show up? And they've kind of showed up. Wouldn't surprise me if they beat Toronto because they have as much talent. I would just be... I hope they I do. just don't expect Washington to show up to win four games in the series. But 
if Washington, you know, I mean, if Washington pulled it out and the Cavs pulled out, the Cavs that tough road we talked about over and over about what's the easiest way to get the Cavs to the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. Well, if you don't have to play Toronto and Philly potentially, that's a that's a good way to start. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Washington and Toronto are similar talent wise, but we all know Toronto's better coach and they've had been better all year. There's a reason to one eight matchup. The way the Cavs been playing, I'd be afraid right now to play Toronto. Yeah, I think Toronto's a better matchup for the Cavs, but with as dominant as Kevin Love has been against Toronto, and with the way he look doesn't look the same at all right now, I think that could be a concern because the Cavs basically relied on Love and LeBron just lighting it up to beat Toronto, and if Love's not going to light it up, then where are you at? But that's a discussion for another day after those series are over. Yeah, after the first round. Philly-Miami has been a lot of tension, a lot of little confrontations, a lot of entertaining basketball, but end of the day, Philly's better than Miami. They're up 3-1. I think they're going to finish that series out, most likely in five, but either way, I think Philly's winning that series. There's not yeah. a whole lot to say there. Um, Boston-Milwaukee is an interesting series. It's 2-2. Again, Boston is so unhealthy, but they're just, you know, scrapping it together. Has that been both teams winning at home both games? Or was it a split? It was I a forget. split. See, that... That gives me more interest than the Toronto-Washington series. Was it a split? I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Either yeah, way, Let's, let's double-check that because I think that is important because the Toronto-Washington series, you can't really put your finger on because they both won their game. All of them won their games at home. So to win your games at home, that's great, but that's just holding home court. Yeah, it's been it's been home uh, team one all four oh, in that okay. series. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... Either way, whoever wins that series is going to lose to Philly the next I round. I picked Milwaukee. So it is I, what it is. Milwaukee has been Middleton has been doing really well, and uh, Jabari Parker has been doing a good job. Yeah, it is what it is. We'll, we'll see who wins that series. I think either of them is losing to Philly. The West, Houston's taking care of Minnesota. Minnesota had a good game three, and they got their home win in the series. It's going to be a gentleman's sweep probably. Um, Houston outscored Minnesota fifty to twenty in the third quarter last night. That's nice. Um, Golden State is taking care of business against the Spurs, as we suspected, those two series. We both said that if the matchups were flipped, those could maybe be more interesting series. Yeah, I really but wish it would But the been top seeds so. in the West are taking care of business. The series that's interesting right now, 3-1 Utah over OKC. I, I picked Utah in that series because I just don't trust OKC to run a good offense. Carmelo has been horrible, which a lot of people are making fun of it, and it is entertaining, but it's also kind of sad. I mean, Melo used to be done. one of the best scorers in the NBA for his whole career, and it's just the bottom has just fallen out. He's a Hall of Famer, I think. I know oh, sure. he's definitely a Hall of it's Famer, just, but yeah, he was such an underappreciated player for a lot of years. I always told people when he was with New York, like they brought best players, and like, what about Carmelo Anthony? And they're like, well, he plays for the Knicks. Like, well, he's actually might be the best pure scorer in the league. He and he was for a period, but yeah, Oklahoma City just he hasn't been. Obviously, Carmelo's been terrible. Oh, and Russell Westbrook. Russ has not been shooting well, which is oh boy. his mantra, but at the same time, he's not. Do- and then Paul George is not stepping up and providing that second scoring load. So, yeah, Utah's one of those teams where if you don't play well, you're going to lose. It's Utah's kind of like a better version of Indiana, in a sense. They're tough. They're physical. They play smart. In, if, if Utah has... OKC has, I think, arguably more high-end talent in this series, but... OKC's not deep. They don't run a very good offense. OKC is almost like the Cavs, except they have Russell Westbrook instead of LeBron. Utah has done so. a really good job this year of 
adjusting to the personnel they had and really building a good def- their best defense in the NBA for the entire season. And now with Donovan Mitchell and Derek Favors both putting up great numbers because Favors doesn't have to do a bunch of the def- defensive responsibilities with Gobert. Utah is going to be scary for Houston next series. I think I think looking at Utah Houston is going to be a great series in the West second round. Best defense against best offense. You're also looking at the other side of the West. Golden State is going to play New Orleans, which, like you said in the intro to the podcast, the Pelicans dominated Portland. Portland was the favorite in this series. They were the home team in this series. New Orleans won both games in Portland and then finished off the sweep. I think this is one of the most shocking results of a series we've seen in the NBA in a long time, just in terms of how it played out. I think... think Going into the series, I said that the matchup itself was a bad matchup for Portland and that it was going to be a close series one way or another. But to see New Orleans just dominate like this is pretty shocking. Drew Holiday came back in full force. I mean, he has always been underappreciated in the NBA because of his injuries. He played on some middling teams in Philadelphia before he came to the Pelicans. He got that big contract, and everyone was criticizing the Pelicans for doing that. He... Him and uh, Anthony Davis last game had over 80 points. 88 points. Together. The the most by teammates in the history of the NBA playoffs. And not only is he scoring, which is something he was never known for, he is playing absolutely amazing defense, whether it's playing on McCollum or playing on Lillard. And then having Rondo being playoff Rondo, they are suffocating that backcourt, which is the, or they did suffocate that backcourt, which was obviously the biggest strength that Portland had. They had two all-star level guards but if you're getting shut down the rest of your offense is just nothing yeah new orleans uh four players have been dominant anthony davis is averaging 33 and 12 on 58 percent shooting Whoo, good luck drew holiday is averaging 28 7 and 4 57 percent shooting nikola miritich 18 points 10 rebounds a game 57 percent shooting playoff rondo Averaging 11 points, 13 assists, and 8 rebounds a game in that series. And shooting like almost 50% from the field. Those four guys absolutely dominated this four-game series. And like I said, the matchup wasn't good for Portland, but not only was the matchup not good, New Orleans is is legit. I think it's awesome for Alvin Gentry, who I think has been a pretty good coach for a long time and never really been considered as such. Yeah. Um, If Steph Curry's not fully healthy... It's going to be a long series. The Pelicans can really, really give the Warriors trouble. That could be a six or seven game series. Just like, just like the Blazers, um, the Warriors have no one to match up with Anthony Davis. No one really has anyone, anyone to match up with Anthony say, Davis. But at least some pe- teams have people that can try it, like Clint Capella could for Houston, for example. Draymond Green can't guard Anthony Davis. Kevin Durant can't guard Anthony Davis. Zaza Pachulia, sure as hell, can't guard Anthony Davis. <laughs> And I think Drew Holiday can effectively harass Steph Curry. I, You know, I'm a believer in the Pelicans. As crazy as it is, because some of these guys are cast off parts, Drew Holiday hasn't been healthy in a long time. No one thought Rajon Rondo had this in him. No. Nikola Mirotic has never really been that good a player before. He's been a decent bench player, but he's not been an 18-10 guy. He's exploded guy. in New Orleans. Yeah. It's just uh, a lot of credit to Alvin Gentry for taking these pieces and molding this incredible That team's just fun team. to watch, too. Yeah. They got the fastest pace in the NBA. Yeah, and their defense has been good, too. So, I mean... Yep. 
you got to give him a lot of credit. I think the second round matchups in the West are going to be awesome, and they're going to be entertaining as hell. Oh, yeah. Uh, for now, let's just hope the Cavs can get past the Pacers and find some way to improve once they play Toronto or Washington next round. Um, it's been weird, the NBA playoffs so far, but they've been entertaining. It's pretty much all you could have hoped for as an NBA fan so far. Like Graham said in the preview, we're going to have our NFL draft preview coming out either Wednesday or Thursday. The draft is Thursday night, or starts Thursday night, rather. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Until next time, uh, check out TreeCityRecords.com. Check out TreeCityRecords on Twitter. We'll be back later in the week with our NFL draft preview podcast, as mentioned, and probably some more NBA, depending on what goes on in the next few days. Yeah, hopefully the series and the next few days, and we can do more of an overview and then look into the second round. Yeah, and hopefully the Cavs are playing in it. Alrighty, until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Graham. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.